I mean, again, we've done it wrong way more often than we've done it right. And many of the times we've done it wrong, it comes down to what you said earlier, which is cash flow. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table, because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Hey, business owners. At Scalable, we know there are three key steps to getting your team clear on where they are in relation to your company's goals. The first step is to identify three to five metrics that tell the clearest story on how this team is helping the company hit its growth goals. The second step is to create clear targets so your team can declare in advance what winning looks like. And the third step is to measure these targets on a weekly basis. When your team is forced to interact with the numbers themselves, they begin to truly know their numbers. If you want to see how we track our numbers here at Scalable, you can get a free template at businesslunchpodcast.com slash dashboard. That's businesslunchpodcast.com slash dashboard. Hey, everybody. Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice with Business Lunch. This episode, we're going to talk about something that came up through a conversation that was taking place in one of the text threads that I'm, I'm a part of. And somebody was asking, actually, it was our friend John Asaraf, was asking about whether it was best to be transparent with your financial information with your employees, or it was better to not do that? And if you were going to be transparent, how much information should be available? And I thought that was really interesting. Somebody came back and said, it was interesting too, because it was very split. Several of the people were, oh, heck no, that's your business. No, not anybody else's business. And several of the people were like, probably fewer of the people were, I'd say maybe even 70, 30, 70, don't show anything, 30, be completely transparent. And they recommended a book called The Great Game of Business, which is an interesting book to read or listen to. It doesn't take very long to get through it. Yeah. Jack Stack is the author of that. Yeah. Jack is a very ultra transparent kind of approach. And so I just thought it'd be kind of interesting for us to chat today about that. So Ryan, let's let's start with transparent or opaque, which is better? I mean, it's a spectrum, right? I mean, it's sort of like transparency with people, right? I mean, like, you know, I like, I'm transparent with my wife, but do I say everything I'm thinking at all times? Like at some point, it's incredibly unwise. You also have a, a survival instinct is what you're saying. Right. It's like, I don't want to die. And and so, so no, I mean, I think, look, I think completely opaque telling your people nothing, that's bad. Like, I think both extremes is the case with all extremes can, you know, can be bad. And I also think it's important to acknowledge there are people who say, that you shouldn't share anything, you know, it's your business. The thing I'd point out there is there's this thing called public companies that are out there. They do pretty much share everything with the public and mm -hmm. they tend to do just fine. So I don't mm -hmm. think that it's necessarily one of these things where it's, you know, where, where it's bad. We actually tried it like years and years and years ago. I remember reading The Great Game of Business and Jack Stack. I was like, all right, this is the answer to everything. Uh, this is absolutely what's going to create employee buy-in. It's what's going to motivate them. And so we're implementing fully open book management. And for us, it was a disaster. And now I'll tell you, I don't believe it was a disaster because the concept is bad. I think it was a disaster because it was implemented poorly by us, right? So it's on us. Now, but the reason that we haven't sought to go back and try it again is because I think it's incredibly difficult for small entrepreneurial companies to implement it well. 
Because I think for most small entrepreneurial companies, they don't know their numbers either. Yeah. And in fairness, he had a division of International Harvester. They were making hundreds of these big tractors and engine rebuilds a year, had you know a large number of employees and fairly sophisticated financial information. So just so that you guys know that, that when you're thinking about your smaller, medium-sized business versus what I would call a large, medium or large business that he has, there are some, some challenges and differences that come. Yeah. So in general, I think I, I, like what, what, what we decided is we share our revenue targets. So we share the, here are the revenue targets with the company as a whole. So this is our three-year target. This is where we're going. But And then what we do is we say, uh, anytime we, that I ever share revenue, I say, now I want to remind all of you, you know, if we go and make $10 million this quarter, that doesn't mean that ever, you know, that, that me and the partners are all buying Lamborghinis. I hope you all realize that the, and that the amount of money that just like in your own home, like when you, when you receive a paycheck, you have to pay bills with that. We do too, right? So our goal, you know, our target is we're targeting this margin, right? And it's out of this margin where we're able to, you know, grow and, you know, pay back debts and fund investors. So we're able to do all that. So in general, we're happy to share revenue and margin company-wide with individual teams. Like, so for the programs team, for example, that's when we can get into, well, what's the gross margin of this particular program? So what are you spending on these different things? Because they need to manage that. But I think by and large, I'm happy to say, look, if, if you've got a question about the financials of the business, but just in the same way that like, I don't share all the details of our household finances with, with my kids, I'm not going to do it with, with our team, not because they're children, but because they don't have all of the context and it isn't necessarily the information that they need to succeed at their job. And that is the question that I always ask is, what information does this person need to do their best work? And if that's related to finance, then great, let's talk about that. And if it isn't, then I'm happy to have the conversation, but are we going to necessarily put it out there for all the world to see? No, because it's not helpful, right? It, 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 in our experience, it isn't helpful. So that's kind of where we've landed. What do you think? I've gone back and forth on it. You know, I, I think that it, one comment that he made, he didn't say it this way, but I've always said like, when you're an entrepreneur and you have people that work for you, your employees all assume that gross equals net. And so they think that if you, if your business generated $3 million this year, that you made $3 million and they really don't think about, I mean, they really don't think about expenses at all generally. And, and so what was interesting to me was that, that they polled their employees and mm -hmm. many of them believed that it was 50% or more profit. And I right. think that that's something that a lot of people think. And I think that that also, like, if you listen to a lot of people that are in the information or e-commerce space or SaaS or, or services, a lot of the things that we're into, you'll hear margins of 40, 50, 60%. Frequently, those are gross margins, by the way. Right. They're not right. taking out all the operational expenses, and they're not even allowing for compensation for the owners. And so, but what was interesting was that many people said that. So I think that if you really want to have buy-in from the, your employees to be motivated and not think that you're just squirreling away millions and millions and millions of dollars, that 
letting them know what the margin is, they can do the math. So if you're going to let them know what the margin is and you're going to let them know what the gross is, then you're effectively letting them know the net. And so you might as well tell them because it's going to be way less in almost every circumstance than they believe it is, which will then help them feel like, oh, I see like it's not. I'm not working to make this person rich. And not that there should be anything wrong with that, because as long as everybody's getting what they want out of the relationship, it should be okay. But, you know, fairness comes into play. So so I think the like the first thing is I agree with you. I, I like I like the idea of people knowing what those three numbers are. I think that's really important. Just so the three are revenue, uh, profit margin, and I guess bottom line profit after they do the math. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and I don't, I don't, I mean, whether you want to do the math or not do the math, I, I think is, is, it doesn't matter, but I, I like the idea of that because then you get into assignment of ownership for different categories of expenses related to, you know, what, what those things are. And just as we, in the scalable operating system, we've got the key financials are the balance sheet, income statement, cash flows. Those are really, really important. I think that like that's got to be core. Now, what you said, I, I want to know when you guys implemented it before, because that was before I came in. What what do you think was the the failure point? Uh, I think it was twofold. Number one, our numbers were wrong. We didn't have good financials, and so what we were reporting was inaccurate. And we had to keep going back and changing things because it was just we were just trying to figure out, I mean, we were pretty early. I mean, like you said, you and I've been working together for 10 plus years and this was years before that. So, I mean, it was, we were still just trying to figure out what's an income statement. Right. And and so what we were reporting would change and it made it look like we didn't know what we were doing, which was accurate, but at times it made it look deceptive because it was like, Oh, we're making all this money. It's like, Oh, never mind. Now we're not. And because the because the talking about it was tied to incentive comp the the result was that hey everybody we're making a lot of money and you're all going to make these big bonuses next month oh crap never mind we got it wrong you're actually not and that's terrible right and so what was it it was incompetence on our part utter and complete incompetence what did it look like deception and when you're kind of choosing between incompetence and deception so i think the first thing if you're going to do this you need to have your ducks in a row i mean really you should be running solid financials for a good year and know what's going on. So I don't think that this is an early stage business kind of thing, right? right? It's not an early stage business kind of thing. This is for latter stage, you know, businesses. You've been doing this for a couple of years. You know, you've actually paid taxes. You, you understand your bills and you're paying them. And, and, and so I think that's, that's kind of the, the first piece of it. The other piece was that we didn't do a good job of aligning the goals of the company with kind of the incentive comp plan that we were doing. So the incentive comp was based almost entirely on sales growth, right? And, and that's what we were incentivizing people to do. Grow, grow, grow. Like there, everybody's comp was based on how much did we grow? It right. wasn't based on profitability. And so there were some months where we actually paid out bonuses where we lost money as a company. And, and so while we were going through all the trouble of explaining or badly explaining, this is how a business works. And yep, this is what we make. And this is how much we actually you know, get to keep a- at the end of it. We were doing that badly. And then we had misaligned incentives where we were trying to explain what profitability is and how it works and you know contribution margins and all that other stuff. 
and yet we were compensating people based on just growth. And, and so I, I think you want to make sure that, again, it goes to why do they need this information? How is it going to help them do their best work? Don't, don't make a big deal about profitability, but then compensate people on growth. Uh, on growth, Because, you know, what's the point? Just talk about how much money you're making. Top line. Yeah, I think that like what what is that metric that is important to you? And growth is certainly a legitimate metric. It's not wise to make growth the metric with no regard to profitability and cash flow. Those are two things that I think a lot of people confuse that the amount of profit that the business might be making from a financial statement accounting perspective might be fairly different in terms of timing from what the amount of cash that's going to be in the business is. And it's very scary if you are only focusing on let's grow or or some other metric, like this number of customers added or customer satisfaction or any of those things, right? There, there's a lot of goals that you might have, but generally there's one primary thing you're after, at least thematically for a quarter. And so if one of those is growth, that's cool. Uh, you just have to decide, is that going to be growth at all costs? Because if it's at all costs with no regard to profit and cash flow, you might find yourself unable to pay bonuses and therefore have a lot of very upset employees because if you can't pay those bonuses, you lose trust, right? You, you and I had an, an executive at one of our companies that, that we owned that was growing very, very quickly. And I'll never forget one of the like traffic managers was was compensated based on, it was a combination of ad spend, the more the better, the number of clicks, the more the better, and the number of, of basically leads generated, right? So it was all just growth, growth, growth. And that's yeah. where all the comp was. And there was no, but it has to be at an acceptable, you know, return on ad spend, ROAS. Right. It was none of that. It was just right. like grow. And this person was getting massive, like $25,000, $30,000 bonus checks some months when we're hemorrhaging cash, right. acting like we were a funded company. And I think this is a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs do is they look at these funded companies that you know have hundreds of millions of dollars in, in dry powder who frankly know their unit economics way better than most entrepreneurial companies do and know how eventually this will ROI. And they try to model them. And it's you can't do that. You're, you're trying to fund growth out of operating capital. You don't get to do that. So, I mean, I get into to when we've done it right how that works, but I can tell you what definitely did not work was poorly constructed financials that changed all the time, poorly explaining how financials work. So I think also if you want to implement any type of you know open book accounting, you as an entrepreneur should probably take some accounting classes. Not kidding. You should know the difference between just gross margin and net margin. You know, that's pretty simple, basic stuff. And and make sure that when you're doing it, that you are aligning whatever that number is to people's incentives. I love it. Let's take a break for our sponsors and then let's come back and chat a little bit about like the details of how you might implement something like this. Hey, Business Touch listeners, we're going to get right back to the show. But Roland wanted me to invite you to a brand new training that he's doing on acquiring businesses with no money out of pocket. It's something that he's talked quite a bit about on the show, but he's doing a free training where he's going to walk through the entire process. So if you want to get access to that, go to businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic. That's businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic, and you can get signed up. 
Okay, we're back and we're talking about this open book accounting concept of should we make our numbers available to to everybody in the company or should we not? Generally, Ryan and I believe it's probably better to be open at least about the amount of the company is making in terms of sales, the margin that it's operating at, and either you give them the you do the calculation and give them the net or they can do that math themselves. But we're generally both pro that. The most of the arguments against that that I've seen don't make a whole lot of sense because if you don't give those numbers, they're going to come out anyway in terms of sales. Your employees are going to figure out what sales are, and then they're going to either assume that 100% of sales is profit, or they're going to assume that your profit margin that you're keeping is dramatically higher than it is because they're not thinking at all, like even just reinvestment. And what you've got to put back into the company to keep it going. And what are the actual costs of operations below gross margin, below what the cost of the goods that you're selling or the services that you're selling are? They're not generally thinking about that. They almost always estimate too high. So knowing that, I think generally you're going to be better off to let them know because at least they won't think that you are taking advantage of them and making all of this money when you're not. So now... When you get into kind of some strategies for implementing this, do you have any thoughts on that, Ryan? I mean, again, we've done it wrong way more often than we've done it right. And many of the times we've done it wrong, it comes down to what you said earlier, which is cash flow, right? Yep. And so, so if, you, if you're going to be mindful of doing this and you're going to say, okay, I want to... I want to have an open book system. And so I'm cool with that. That's easy. You just release those numbers. Now, if I'm going to release those numbers to what detail do I release it? I think those three numbers are the only ones that they really need to know until you get into department heads who then should be really focused on the numbers that are applicable to them. And so one thing that was interesting in the Jack Stack book was that he said they assigned expenses to everyone in the company to own an expense. And one of the examples that he gave was toilet paper. And it's like, you know, they'd spend a lot of money on toilet paper. It turns out they found out that when people were working more on the line, they used the bathroom less and therefore they used less toilet paper. Now they have a lot of employees for us that might be, I don't know, you know, a roll a week. So it's not going to be any giant difference. But I think if you have a big company to help someone get more ownership in something and feel a part of it, maybe giving those people ownership about some expense that applies to the whole company can be good. In a smaller company like ours, I think that like most of ours, I think I like the department head kind of having that. That's a that's a call. But what I did really like was that if you lay out first, what is our goal for this year? And you identify your leading or lagging indicators and all the things we have in the scalable business system. And if you if you haven't checked out the scalable operating system, then you definitely should. And Ryan, where's the easiest place for people to check that out? Yeah, if you go to scalable.co, scroll down a little bit, there's a button right in the center that'll take you to information about the scalable OS. But yeah, okay, they, so scalable. We definitely, this is where we cover how exactly how we do exactly what we're talking about here. So, right. What I, what I really like about certainly the way they talked about it in, in that book was that they lay out, this is our goal for the year. And this is our margin for the, that, that we're targeting. And so now I know if my goal is 10 million and my margin is 
13%, then I'm going to make a million three or my margin is 25%. I'm going to make 2.5. And now from that profit, I need to have some ability to reinvest in the company and, you know, the cost of operations, they set theirs at 5%. So on 10 million, you know, that's $500,000, which is not, I mean, not very high, right? So that's like as at a minimum before anybody gets any incentive compensation, they're saying the business ROI has to be 5%. And so anything above that, then they get into profitability. And I really thought, I I liked the way that they laid it out there. And we haven't gotten to talk about this a lot. So it's kind of fun talking about it here. But basically, they divide into quarters what the the target is. And then 5% of whatever bonus that's agreed upon. Well, first they say, there, here's the maximum bonus that anybody can get. The maximum bonus in, in his company was 13% for employees and 18% for managers. And so you could get 13% or 18% of your salary. So if you make $100,000 a year, you know you can make an extra 13,000. If you're an employee, you can make an extra 18,000 if you're a manager. So that So everybody really got that that was possible and that those were numbers that made sense because that would allow the company to pay them, but also have profit left over. So now then they're reverse engineering. They're going back and saying, okay, if our target is $10 million in profit this year, and we know that combined, we're going to pay roughly 15% when we average the 18% for managers and the 13%, if everybody was going to get the max and they, and that they would get the max, if we did 10 million in profit, then we know that we have a million and a half in bonuses that we have to give. We also know that we have 500,000 to hit our 5% minimum cost of operating that we want our our minimum return on operations, right? So that's 2 million of the 10 million and then I've got my margins and everything else. And so I like that because they like they really go into building the incentive based on can we afford to pay this? Like can we afford to pay that and then they said that half of each quarterly bonus like so half of each quarterly bonus whatever it would be that the employees could receive employees and managers could receive would be paid immediately at the end of the quarter each quarter but if you missed then the excess would be rolled over each quarter up to the end of the year so that like if you had if you hit 10% of what you want excuse me if you hit 5% during the first quarter and the goal was 10, then you missed by five, but you could roll that over to the next quarter. And I, I thought, I just thought that was kind of an interesting concept. What, what do you think about doing something like that? Yeah. I mean, so it, founders board members will know we did a couple of months ago, we did a, an intensive on this designing an incentive comp plan. So I can actually, you know, share like, it's, it's basically what, what you talked about. Cause it was, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. A lot of this was informed by Jack Stack, but I mean, it's basically, yeah, establish the trigger. What's the minimum threshold that must be achieved before any payout is generated, right? Because like out of profits, like you said, some of that profit needs to be paid out to other things. I mean, there's going to need to be taxes, Including for example. taxes, by yeah, the way. Taxes have to be paid. And so that's a big part of it. You may have debt service that needs to be paid that, that you're not currently factoring as, as an expense. There may be obligatory distributions that are made to certain shareholders who have a preferred kind of thing that needs to be paid out. So 
here's the minimum threshold. You said theirs was like 5%. I mean, yeah, you could say like, this is what we're kind of targeting. And that's the other thing I will say, like the way we do it is we say, this is our three-year goal. Like we set a three-year target and then that's broken into 90 day, you know, for this quarter, our profit, you know, our revenue target is this, our profit margin that we're targeting is this, and it could be 20%, 25%, 18%. We tell everybody what we're targeting and then we tell them where we came in. Hey, we came in at 17% instead of 18. Came in at 22% instead of 20, right? So everybody knows, and this gets announced and talked about at the all-hands meeting that kicks off a new quarter. So every quarter, we're saying, this is the three-year target we're shooting towards, and here's the quarter that we're in. You know, you know, We're a third of the way through to our three-year target. This is our goal this quarter. This is what we're targeting in terms of profitability. And then remember... Everything over and above this amount goes into the pool, right? So there's the trigger, then there's the percentage that goes into the incentive pool, and then it's like who's included in that pool. And I'm a big fan of, of you know, if you can afford it, right? Again, the money needs to be there, the cash needs to be there, consistent profitability needs to be there, of everyone having some participation in the pool, Right everybody having some participation in the pool, if you're going to talk about profitability, then I think you should align the incentive towards that. I think in terms of who gets what, you know, determining kind of the payoff method, I think certain people are going to get a larger percentage of the pool than others. But I think everyone should get something. And then in terms of the payout timing, yeah, what you said, I love the idea of doing a quarterly, doing a, a quarterly payout but it's a percentage, whether it's 50% or 80% of that quarter, the rest of it is held back to the end of the year. And so our, for us, the executive team participates in quarterly profit sharing. It, you know, Everybody else at the company, they're generally getting an end of the year bonus. And so there's stacks. That way, it feels a lot larger when it hits. It hits at a time of the year when people, frankly, are shelling out money and it's traditional you know, to pay out holiday bonuses anyway. It's also just good for uh, retention throughout the year, right? To do that. So that strategy is, you know, is exactly it. Make it known. This is our revenue target. This is our margin target. If we hit this, this is the percentage that's going to go into the pool. People understand their participation in that pool because it's explained as an aspect of their compensation plan. And you're sharing, hey, good news, everybody. This quarter, we were able to sweep this much into the pool. And I think that's the important thing to say. Because it's not just about profitability. It's in light of us hitting this, this profitability number, we were able to sweep this much into the pool after all the other subs paid. And that's so incredibly important because sometimes just because you profited it, that doesn't mean you get to keep it. Yeah. And, th- and that, that to that end, lay over that your cash flow. You've got to have a statement of cash flows. You've got to have an income yeah. statement. They are not going to be the same very often. They are very often not going to be the same. So just be sure that the cash is there to cover everything that you need to do because the last thing yeah, you want to do is sweep it into a different account. And I think that's important. It should be swept into a different account and and that's where it that's you know that that's where it sits. It is it's money to be paid out. Right? Yep. Getting some of the balance sheet, but that is not our op- operating cash anymore. Exactly. Cool. Well, I think that's something for you guys to think about. Uh, so we'd love for you to let us know. I don't remember the site, the forward slash on businesslaunchpodcast.com where people can, is it just forward slash ask? Yeah. Ask ASK. Yeah. So businesslunch.com forward slash ASK. If you would like to ask questions, but don't just ask questions there. Let us know what 
you're doing because we'd kind of love to see what other people are doing in terms of incentive plans and you know do you make the numbers available to your to your people or not and if you do make them available then what what do you let them know so that i think it can be really helpful to you so guys thanks for tuning in this time and if you found this helpful please share it with a friend or 20 friends or even 100 friends and we'll see you next time what if three days could change the course of your business in 2023 Get Scalable Live is where you'll gain great clarity on the next steps that will help you create the business, life, and wealth you deserve. Connect with business owners and entrepreneurs just like you, hungry for advice, proven strategies, and necessary connections to grow a business. Literally, million-dollar conversations are happening in the hallways, in the bathrooms, across tables. Get Scalable Live at Fairmont Austin, November 2nd through 4th. Tickets are on sale now at GetScalableLive.com.